Good to see you and good to connect with all of you who are with us online. We're in a series this month called Peace, Love, and Happiness, and today we want to talk about the importance of prayer. And the message is called Honest to God, Developing Your Prayer Life. And so welcome today. My name is Ricky. I'm honored to be the lead pastor here at Fort Caroline Baptist Church. And uh, in fact, we love to pray for people in whatever needs they might have. And I'm going to invite you today to go to our website, fcbc.life, and click on the prayer card. And there you can leave me a prayer request, and that will come to me, and I would love to have the honor of praying specifically for you. In fact, our church has a team of people who pray for all those requests that come through our church prayer request uh, process. And so if we can pray for you, it'd be our honor to do that. And, you know, often I get asked to pray. Sometimes I get invited to events and functions just so I can pray. They don't want me there for any other reason. They just want me to do that prayer, to open up the ceremony or to close it out. In fact, whenever I show up at family holidays and functions and events, people love to see me. Not because they love me, but they know then whenever we sit down to eat, I'll do the prayer. Oh, we're so glad pastor's here. We're going to ask pastor to do the prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. I love praying and, and I believe in prayer, but I believe prayer is more than just a privilege for a select few people. It is the privilege of all people who can call out to God. But so often there's confusion about what prayer is and how to pray and what we should pray. And I think that keeps a lot of people uh, locked in to a prayer life that is not as strong as it could be. And I believe we're missing out on a vital connection in our relationship with God if we don't become people of prayer. And so today I want to just talk to you about how to develop your own personal prayer life. And we're going to look at several selected passages of Scripture. And so I'll put the Scriptures up on the screen. And all of these notes are available as well on our website at fcbc.life. But as we think about prayer, really I want to give you four steps to developing your prayer life. And the first step is this. Pray. If you want to develop your prayer life, then you need to pray. It's really that simple. Pray. We often talk about prayer and we read books about prayer and we even listen to sermons about prayer, but when it's all said and done, often we just don't pray. And the first step in developing a prayer life is to pray. And what is prayer? Well, prayer is simply talking with God. Prayer is communicating with God. And in the scriptures, especially in the ministry of Jesus, we are encouraged to come to God in prayer, to know that we have access to God in prayer. And so a healthy prayer life is not going to be concerned so much with using big theological terms. It's not going to be concerned with trying to sound like the King James Bible with a lot of these and thous. And if I don't say it just right, then it's not a good prayer. Prayer is simply talking with God. Just like we talk with one another, we ought to be comfortable in talking with God. Now certainly we ought to be reverent, but we ought to also just be ourselves whenever we talk to God. Prayer can take many kinds of forms. It can take the form of confessing our sins. It can take the form of praising God for the good things in our life. Prayer can take the form of asking God for the needs of our life to be met. We can pray for ourselves and we can pray for other people. 
We can talk with God uh, out loud or we can talk with God silently in our heart. Over the years, I have found an acrostic to be helpful in guiding my own personal prayer life. It's an acrostic taking the letters A-C-T-S, Acts. So A reminds me that prayer should involve adoration, just praising God for who He is, uh, expressing my appreciation and love for God. And C reminds me that prayer should involve confession, confessing my sins and telling God where I've messed up and asking for His forgiveness. Uh, T reminds me to give thanks to God for the blessings that He gives me in my life, being thankful for Him. And S reminds me that it's appropriate to bring my supplications, my prayer request to God, not only for myself, but for other people. And you know, prayer is something that should be a part of all of our lives. There was a time in Jesus' ministry when his disciples said, teach us how to pray. We want to know how to pray. And so Jesus tells them how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. We call this the Lord's Prayer, but it really is a model prayer for disciples, for followers of Jesus. And Jesus assumes we're going to pray. He says, in this manner, therefore, pray. Some translations read, uh, when you pray, therefore, pray like this. So Jesus didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. Here's how you ought to pray. In fact, why don't we read this prayer? Why don't we recite it out loud? In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, when you pray, because I'm assuming you're going to be people of prayer, here's how you pray. Talk with God. Have confidence that you have a heavenly Father who is seated on the throne of this universe. Your world and your life may feel like it's spinning out of control, but you've got a heavenly Father who knows you, who loves you, who invites you to come into His presence. And when you pray, align yourself to him, align yourself to his kingdom and his will and his power and his glory. And then you're going to be in a good position to bring to God all of your requests. Requests to meet your daily needs, requests to guide your steps, to protect you from evil, to keep you out of temptation. You can bring to God the help you need to forgive people, even as you need to be forgiven. Aren't you grateful that we can talk to our Heavenly Father and that we can pray? So there's a lot more we could say about the Lord's Prayer, but the first step in developing your personal prayer life is just simply pray. Talk with God. Stop talking about Him. Stop talking to other people about Him so much and just get down to business and talk with God. The second step in developing a prayer life is not only should you pray, but you should pray honestly. Pray honestly. Prayer is useless if it is not honest. 
Sometimes I think we think prayer uh, has to be where we put on our best and we've got to put up a good front and we have to fake it until we make it. And we're not really being honest with God. And sometimes we're afraid if we're honest with God, then maybe we shouldn't pray. But that just is not true. If prayer is going to be powerful, it has to be honest. And whenever I read scripture, I read honest prayers of people just telling God what they were going through, telling God what they were facing, telling God how they were feeling, telling God what they were needing. In fact, one of the most honest prayers you'll ever read in the Old Testament is from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. His ministry lasted about 40 years uh, from around 626 B.C. to 586 B.C. Uh, when Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. And God had sent him to warn the people of Israel, if you don't get right with God, God's going to judge you. And that's exactly what happened when God allowed the Babylonians to siege the city of Jerusalem and basically capture it and take many Jewish people captive. And there's an occasion where God sends Jeremiah out to preach a message, and the message wasn't popular. And after everybody turns on Jeremiah, and they arrest him, and they beat him for the sermon he just preached, he then prays this prayer, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You seized me and prevailed. I am a laughingstock all the time. Everyone ridicules me. He's saying, God, I feel deceived. You told me to go and preach this sermon. I was just doing what you told me. And look at the trouble I've gotten myself into. Even my own family and friends have turned on me. They laugh at me at the sermon I just preached. And I've been beaten I feel deceived. You know what Jeremiah's doing? He's praying an honest prayer. And if you have never been to the point in your life where you say, God, where are you? God, why have you allowed this to happen to me? God, why do you allow bad things to happen to good people? God, why did you allow this cancer? God, why did you allow this trial? If you've never been there you ought to take good notes today because there's going to come a point in your life when you are brought low and God doesn't make any sense to you and you're not sure what to make of Him and make of His plan and make of His will. And in those moments, every fiber of your being will say, stop talking to God, stop reading your Bible, stop going to church. But that is absolutely when you ought to run to God. To come to Him with your questions. Come to Him with your fears. Come to Him with your frustrations. Come to Him with your questions. Thankfully, Jeremiah goes on in his prayer and he renews his trust in God. He says, God, I, I don't understand all this, but I still know that you are with me. And I know that like a mighty warrior will come through in the rescue, you're going to come through for me. And I'm going to keep trusting you. But he prayed an honest prayer. Even our Lord and Savior Jesus, hanging on the cross of Calvary, cries out that prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't a lack of his faith. It was a demonstration of his faith that even in that moment of his greatest trial, he still talks with God. And if prayer is going to be anything, it must be honest.
Sometimes we pray, God, how long will I have to go through this? God, where are you? In fact, if you ever read the book of Psalms in your Old Testament, those are the hymns that the Jewish people would sing to God in worship. But they're really prayers put to song, put to music. And many of those Psalms have this refrain, God, how long will you keep from hearing me? God, how long will you ignore me? God, my enemies are surrounding me. God, I don't understand why evil people seem to prosper while godly people seem to suffer. God, I don't understand. And they're being honest with God. But in the Psalms, you also hear people being honest with God. God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. God, I'm going to keep my faith in you regardless of what other people do. God, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. So whether you're praying out loud or praying silently, whether you're praying publicly for other people that can hear you or you're praying privately, whether you're praising God or whether you're bringing your prayer request to God, whether you're in a good time in your life or whether you're going through a difficult time in your life, let your prayer be honest. God already knows what you're going through, what you're feeling. Your prayer is not to inform God. Your prayer is to renew your dependence on God and to remind you to keep your confidence in Him. So pray. That's the first step in developing a prayer life. Second step, pray honestly. Second step, or third step, I can't count. I can pray, but I can't count. Uh, third step, pray sincerely. Pray sincerely. You know, whenever you pray, you're not an actor on a stage. Whenever you pray, you are not praying for an audience of people. Whenever you pray, you are communicating with God to an audience of one, and that is God. Now, sometimes we pray out loud and we pray with our family or we pray with our friends or we pray in church, or we pray at our life group, or we pray at some function, civic or otherwise. And there's nothing wrong with praying in public. But whenever you pray, whether it's with other people, or you pray silently by yourself, pray sincerely. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't try to be someone you are not. Jesus condemned hypocrites in prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus instructed his disciples, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Now, the Greek word for hypocrites means one who is a play actor, one who hides behind a mask. In those Greek plays, often actors would play multiple characters, and they would have different masks they would wear for each character. And Jesus says, Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a play actor like some of these hypocrites. He says, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Jesus says, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Jesus says a hypocrite is putting on a show. A hypocrite is praying in a 
prominent place to be seen by other people so that people will look at that person and say, look how spiritual he is. Look how holy he is. Oh my goodness, what a man of prayer he is. And the whole reason that person is praying is not to connect with God, but to garner the admiration of people. And Jesus says, their prayer may not have made it past the street corner because it certainly did not get into the throne room of God. But their prayer was successful. It accomplished what they set out to accomplish. They were seen and they were heard by other people for the approval and the applause of other people. And if that's why you pray, if you're trying to impress somebody else when you pray, then you've got your reward. It may reach the ears of other people, but it didn't reach the ears of God. God is not impressed with hypocritical prayers of people trying to impress other people. True prayer is talking with God, it is honest, and it is sincere. And to develop a prayer life, we need to be less concerned about what other people think about us and how other people pray and how other people sound. In fact, sometimes I'm worried that people don't want to pray in a group setting because they're worried about what someone else will think about them. Friend, who cares what somebody else thinks about how you pray and the word you use and whether you're as eloquent as somebody else who prays? You're not talking with them. You're talking to God. And as long as God approves Nothing else ought to matter. Now, I'm not saying if you aren't willing to pray out loud in a group setting, then there's something defective in your spirituality. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying don't let fear of what other people think of you keep you from praying if that's what God's calling you to do. Because you're praying to an audience of one. It's not about what people think of you. It's about God. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we are encouraged. Let us come with confidence and draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God is willing to hear your prayers and God wants to help you through your prayers. So pray and pray honestly and pray sincerely. And the reason you ought to pray to an audience of one, your heavenly father in heaven, is he is the only source of the grace and the mercy that you really need in your time of need. It is his throne of grace that is the source of everything you need. God wants to hear from you. He wants to help you. So pray sincerely. So we've seen first step, pray. Second step, pray honestly. uh, Third step, pray sincerely. Fourth step is you need to pray continually. Pray continually. You say, whoa, wait a minute. You mean I should just go around mumbling prayers like a madman? No, that's not what I'm talking about. You should be in a habit of prayer. Prayer ought to permeate every aspect of your life. There should be nothing off limits in your prayer life. If it's on your mind and in your heart, it ought to be on your prayer list. It ought to be something you're able to talk to God about. And we ought to pray continually. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul wrote, Pray without ceasing. So he told those first century Christians in Thessalonica in northern Greece, he said, Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. What he meant was, Always be in an attitude of prayer. Make sure that you are praying about anything and everything. You can pray while you're cutting your grass. You can pray while you're driving your car. Just don't close your eyes. You can pray in a hospital waiting room. You can pray with family members and friends. You can pray verbally or you can pray silently. You can pray in public or you can pray in your prayer closet. You can pray by speaking your prayers and you can pray by writing out your prayers. But whenever you pray, make sure that you are in a habit of prayer. That it's not just pulling the emergency cord whenever there's a problem. That's the only time I pray is if I'm really desperate, if something bad's going on. No, you ought to pray continually. It ought to just be a part of your life. Just like eating is a part of your life and Getting dressed is a part of your life. I'm very thrilled that you're in the habit of getting dressed. Uh, this would have been awkward this morning if you showed up without being dressed. Just like you do all of those kinds of things in your life, and many of those things, they become just habit to you. You don't even think a whole lot about them. You just do it. Prayer ought to be a part of your daily life where you just whisper a prayer. God, would you help me today? Whenever you think of a problem... God, would you give me some wisdom here for this problem? Whenever you hear about a person who's going through a trial, you don't have to get formal. Just in that moment of their pain or their problem, lift them up to God in prayer. Pray continually. One of the things I love about our congregation is our, our time where we sing. And sometimes I wonder, what does that seem like whenever a new person comes to our church and they're not a Christian? And, or maybe they're checking out church and they're not really familiar with how things go in church. It can seem kind of awkward, I would think, if you're a new person to show up in a room full of people and they stand for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and they sing. And that may seem awkward, but let me, let me kind of clarify it. If you look at what we're singing, if you read the words that we're singing, we're really just taking our prayers and expressing them through music. We're just talking with God. I mean, we did that this morning. I wrote down the words of that song that, that uh, Casey and Craig led us in. You give life, God. You are love. You bring light to darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. You know what we're doing? We're just taking our prayers and we're singing them to God. Prayer can take all kinds of forms like that. But prayer should be a habit of your life. In fact, Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. He said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer. So, so think about it. What Paul is saying is, don't be anxious about anything, but be prayerful about everything. Right? So, so don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
I mean, think about the privilege we have in prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's in your mind, whatever's going on in your life, let that be a part of your prayer life. Talk to God about it. Bring it to Him. Maybe it's a decision that you're facing. Bring that to God. Talk to God about it. Maybe it's something that's troubling you. Bring that to God about it. Maybe it's something good that's happened. Talk to God about that and thank Him. Whatever it is, pray. But pray. And pray honestly. And pray sincerely. And pray continually. Now there again, maybe if you're new to Christianity, you're thinking, how do I even know God exists? How do I even know that my prayer goes anywhere? Well, if you're just taking my word for it, then you ought to doubt. Nothing wrong with doubting. But you know how I know? It's because of the one I call my Savior, Jesus. I mean, you think about what Jesus did. Jesus, we just celebrated his birth at Christmas, and we know that he grew up and he lived a perfectly sinless life. Even his accusers could not find anything wrong in his life. No evidence of anything he ever did. He's the only one who ever perfectly loved God and loved other people. Perfectly, consistently. In fact, he, he demonstrated his love for us by going to the cross of Calvary. The cross was not an accident for Jesus. It was not an interruption in the plan of God. It didn't take Jesus by surprise. In fact, on three occasions, Jesus stopped and he had to remind his inner circle of disciples, you do know what's going to happen when we reach Jerusalem. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. He's going to be beaten, crucified, and killed. But on the third day, I will rise again. Three times he foretold his own death and resurrection from the dead physically alive. And on that first Easter after Christ had died on the cross, none of the disciples believed Jesus. None of them were there waiting for Jesus to walk out of that grave alive. None of them were at the tomb that morning waiting for the sun to rise, counting down ten, nine. Eight, none of them were there except a couple of women who were there to finish the body preparations to complete the burial. And yet Jesus walked out of that tomb alive and he physically confronted his disciples physically alive. See me, handle me, touch me. It is me, I am alive, just as I told you. And it changed their lives. Most of those disciples of Jesus and thousands and thousands of Christians in the first century of Christianity died martyrs' deaths because they would not stop telling the world Jesus walked out of that tomb alive and He is the Son of God. And so you know why I know that there's a God in heaven and why my prayers are important and that I can talk to God because Jesus is the one even if he can predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off, I'm just going to trust anything else he says. And he says, when you pray, you just know you've got a Father in heaven who loves you and who cares for you. So why wouldn't you pray? Why wouldn't you talk with God? Why wouldn't you communicate with God if Jesus told you what a great privilege you have and you know why Jesus died on the cross? He died to make it possible 
for sinners like me and you to have a right relationship with God the Father and to be able to know that God is our Father when we place our faith in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and to know that there's a throne of grace, not judgment, to which we can come with everything we're dealing with in life. So pray. And and listen, if you haven't heard anything else I've said today, I I want you to hear this. This is the most important thing I'm going to tell you today. You say, why didn't you tell us that 30 minutes ago? Well, I get prayed to to talk, so uh, I have to stretch it out. But if you haven't heard anything else I've said, here it is. Since prayer is talking with God, talk with God. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. Since prayer is talking with God, talk with God. Let's just don't read books about prayer. Let's don't just hear sermons about prayer. Let's just don't read Bible verses about prayer. Let's just don't have Bible studies on the word prayer and how it's used in the New Testament. And when all that's over, we haven't done what prayer is meant to do. Since prayer is talking with God, talk with God. That's why I asked you for your prayer request, because I want to pray for you. I want to talk with God about you. I want to talk to Him about what you're dealing with and what you're facing and what you're struggling with and the decisions that you're trying to to make in your life. I, I want to pray with you. But listen, I also want you to pray. I want you to talk with God about those things that are on your heart. So here's your homework this week. I'm going to ask you to make a reminder. Maybe you do it with your written calendar But I want you to make a reminder, talk with God today. And I'm not going to tell you when's the best time for you to talk with God. Let's wake up in the morning and start the day out. Talk with God. Or maybe for you, it's closing the day out. But remember, prayer is not limited to some hour in some setting, in some context. You could talk with God everywhere, anytime you want to. But here's what I've discovered. If I don't make time for important people in my life and important relationships and important responsibilities and important privileges in my life, then often those things get crowded out. And so I need to make a calendar appointment. Maybe for you it's not a written calendar. Maybe for you it's, it's your reminder app on your phone. Hey Siri, remind me to talk with God every day this week. And you would have heard her say yes. But I have it on silent because this is church. And I'm always worried it's going to ring while I'm preaching. And answer it, and it'd be God saying, you need to cut this short. So that's why I put my phone on silent. So maybe you need to make yourself a reminder. I did that, and every morning at 8 a.m., a reminder pops up on my phone, talk with God. You said, do you really need that? Not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes I will get into my day, and I'll realize... I've talked with a lot of people. I've listened to the news. I've I've watched Netflix. I've driven to church. I've done a lot of good things. But I I haven't talked with God today. He's the most important one in my life. I don't want to take Him for granted. So since prayer is talking with God, talk with God. Now, speaking of prayer, let's pray. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Maybe you're watching from home. Uh, Feel free to join us in this prayer. But I just want to talk with God as we close out this message. Heavenly Father, thank you for this reminder today of the privilege we have in prayer. And we thank you for the reminder that 
to develop a strong prayer life, we need to pray. We need to pray honestly. We need to pray sincerely. We need to pray continually. But we just need to pray. Since prayer is talking with you, we need to talk with you. And God, I confess that you are more eager to hear from me than I am at times to talk with you. And I pray that you would forgive me of that. Thank you for your forgiveness of my sin, of neglecting my relationship with you and neglecting this privilege of prayer, neglecting that great opportunity to come through Jesus to your throne of grace in heaven, knowing that in my time of need, you were there with mercy and help. And and God, forgive me of those times I've neglected that privilege. But today, I think I'm not alone in asking for that forgiveness because we get so busy and we get distracted and sometimes we even get discouraged and we don't talk to you. God, forgive us. But today, would you help us by your Holy Spirit to renew our commitment to talking with you, to having a relationship with you, to communicating with you? Would you help us to set an appointment, to write it down somewhere that we won't let it get crowded out, that we need to be people of prayer. We need to pray all the time about anything that's on our heart and mind. But by putting it down at a certain time, we're more likely to develop that habit of coming to you and talking with you. And so I pray, Father, that every person here today would recommit themselves to being people of prayer. And God, if there's anyone today who needs Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, I pray that right now they would begin this relationship with you by trusting Jesus to forgive them of their sin, to give them the gift of eternal life. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, whoever prays to the Lord will be saved. And the prayer is, God, forgive me of my sin. God, I believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as your Son, and I trust Him today with my sin. And I receive his forgiveness. And I ask him to be a part of my life. God, thank you for your promise that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish in their sin, but will have the gift of eternal life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. And I hope you have an awesome week.